Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. You're tuning in for our annual Christmas Eve message and a celebration of Jesus' birth. The truth is, in 2020, we need to experience God's peace, hope, and love at Christmas more than ever. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, let's give a big old welcome to all our campuses and everybody joining us through church online. Can we hear for them? Merry Christmas, guys. I'm so glad you joined us for Christmas Eve at Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tim. And hey, before we dive in, I got some exciting news to share with you today. Can I get a drum roll, please? Come on, give me a drum roll. Big news, guys. We are more than halfway towards our year-end Christmas offering. Praise God. That's amazing. You guys have now donated over 365 thousand dollars. So we're over two-thirds of the way there, church. Um, hey, if you're new, um, each December as a church, we just have a heart to help people outside these walls, people who are hurting, families who are struggling. And this December, we have a God-sized goal to raise $500,000 by December 31st. So we can just show the generosity and love of Jesus to our community. We want to help families who've been hard hit by COVID, struggling with unemployment or food insecurity, at-risk children. Uh, our heart is to help buy groceries and Christmas presents under the tree for their kids, pay off their medical bills in January, and just love on them and provide counseling, care, and support. So as your pastor, I just want to thank each of you who gave sacrificially. Specifically, I want to thank a young boy named Silas. Uh, Silas is eight or nine years old, and he sent me the coolest letter. Check this out. He watches church online, and he wrote, Dear Liquid, I heard about Jubilee and how you help people with medical bills. Here is $20 that someone gave me. <laughs> Merry Christmas, from Silas. Silas, if you're watching, bro, you blew my socks off. Does that not touch your heart? Silas is from Saranac Lake, New York. So high five, kiddo. You are teaching us adults about the generosity of Jesus. We actually see his heart through you. You know, the Bible says a little child will lead them. And this Christmas, we just want to lavish the love of Jesus on hurting families in a practical way. So in January, hundreds of families are going to get a letter in the mail that says their unpaid medical debt has been paid in full by Liquid Church. We're Christians, and what that means is we believe Jesus paid our debt of sin on the cross. And so now we get to pay it forward and bless our neighbors in need. Isn't that a cool Christmas present? So if you haven't given the Christmas offering yet, hey, you got a few days left before December 31st to give your best gift like Silas. So just go online to liquidchurch.com give. You can use our mobile app or the giving kiosk in the lobby. And by God's grace, we're going to hit our goal and help hundreds, I'm praying thousands, of families really feel God's love and start the new year with fresh hope. Amen? All right. Well, listen, I got a word of hope actually for you today because um, 2020, it's been a hard year. Would you agree? I mean, think about this. Um, in a few hours, you're probably going to be getting together with your family to celebrate. Maybe you'll sit around a Christmas tree like this or, or make a fire. I know that's what we do in, in the Lucas home. We gather around. We, uh, we open some presents. Let's take a look. Let's see what we got here. Anyone want to take a pick here? The red, the silver. Let's go with this baby. And um, we'll pick up some presents and let's just see. Now shake this one. What could it be? And you open the box and, oh, thank you, Aunt Karen. <laughs> a clay bowl from Pottery Barn. Th that's beautiful. Thank you. You know what? This, this is going to look nice on the mantle. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, that about sums up 2020. <laughs> it has been one broken year, hasn't it? I mean, think about it, right? <laughs> 
I mean, we've had global pandemic, racial unrest, recession, remote learning, thanks for that one, unemployment, there's election season, oh well, everything back in the box, send it back to Amazon, right? You know, in America, that's how we do it when something breaks. We throw it away, we send it back and move on. But here's my question, what happens? What do you do when, when life breaks? When your marriage breaks or your family breaks down? Or maybe your business or career has been broken by pandemic? You know, life has a way of, of breaking us, doesn't it? We can become like broken pottery. You know, maybe this year your body was broken or your health fell apart or your family was broken. Maybe your son or daughter made some poor choices and fell into addiction or depression. We, we all have some area of life that got broke this year. Maybe your finances got busted. Our loved ones got broken. And you know what happens? When someone we love gets, gets hurt, our heart gets broken. Even our spirit gets broken. We, we become broken people. And, and I think at times like that, it's really easy to think, you know, because my life is so broken, Tim, God can't use me right now. I mean, God can only use people who are perfect and have it all together, right? God can't use me. I'm broken apart. Maybe this describes you this Christmas. And you think, man, my life, Tim, it's, it's so jacked up. God could never possibly move in my life or put back together a broken life like mine. Listen, if that's you, I got good news for you on Christmas Eve. God sent me here to give you a gift, deliver a message. Not only does he use people whose lives are broken, God prefers to use broken people. Because let me tell you, when we're broken and he gets glory, the world gets to see the beauty and love of Jesus in a brand new light. Amen? Listen, today I want to give you guys a new perspective from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-11. through 11. This is a word of hope that the Apostle Paul wrote to a little church that was going through a big season of suffering. These Christians were in crisis, and Paul wrote these words. I want to read these words out loud, church, so I'm going to put them on the screen. Wherever you are in your living room, let's just read these out loud together. Ready? Here we go. But we have this treasure in jars of what? Jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote 2 Corinthians after he survived, I mean, multiple broken moments in his life and ministry. And what he's talking about here is really the unbreakable faith that sustains us through a difficult and dangerous time like 2020. I mean, we don't know all the details, but later in chapter 12, Paul makes a list of some of the broken moments he went through in his life. He's like, man, talk about broken. Paul's like, I've been in prison. I've been whipped. I've been beaten. I've been robbed. Paul's like, I've been shipwrecked. I have starved. I've been stoned. By the way, that's not New Jersey stoned. This is like stoned with rocks. Paul's like, man, I've been left for dead. I've been abandoned, man. So Paul is pretty qualified to speak on brokenness. He's like, I got my PhD from the school of hard knocks. And so he makes a comparison. He's like, Christians, let me tell you what they're made of. Let me tell you what Christians are like. He says, we are jars of clay, which makes sense if you think about it, right? I mean, we're, we're pretty fragile creatures. 
in this temporary earth suit called a body that's vulnerable to disease and accident, injury, violence, germs, natural disaster. I mean, all kinds of things can happen to us in this world that lead us to all kinds of questions. Like, why did this happen? Why to me or my loved ones? How am I supposed to handle it? How can I afford to reach out and help others when it takes all we have just to stay safe and healthy ourselves? Paul was writing this letter to answer those questions. And he says, you know what? We have this treasure in jars of what, church? Jars of clay. And clay is a good comparison, actually. You know what? You're actually made out of clay, clay and water. Genesis 2 says men and women were created from the dust of the earth or the dirt of the ground. So literally, we're made out of clay. The Bible actually describes how God breathed his breath of life into us. He created the first man and named him Adam, or in the Hebrew, Adam, which literally translates dirt man. So think about that. If you're a guy, you're a dirt man, okay? If you're a girl, you're a dirt girl. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a dirt bag. Go ahead. Just gonna, <laughs> I, I just, I'll just get a little Christmas Eve. Paul says, we're jars of clay, man. Now, some translations say clay pots, which were used as bowls and dishes in Bible times. <laughs> In the first century, you'd actually find clay pots everywhere, especially in the homes of poor people. Because rich people didn't use clay. They used ivory or marble or glass for their containers. But regular people, clay pots, which was cheap and fragile and easily broken. So the question is, Tim, how can God use something that's broken? Did you notice Paul said something strange in verse 7? He said, but we have this what? This treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. In other words, he says, you know, as Christians, we may look all scratch and dent on the outside, but watch out. On the inside, we hold a treasure. There's something extremely valuable. That's the second truth. Paul says Christians contain a treasure inside. You know, I did a little research this week, and I learned in Bible times, most people hid their most valuable positions in jars made out of clay. And the reason is easy. It's because they assumed no one would think to look into something so basic and expect to find anything so precious, so valuable. Have you ever gone to the beach? You guys know this in the summer when you're like, hey, we're at the beach, we're gonna go in the water. And you take out your, your cash or your wallet or your phone and you're like, I'm going in the water, where do I put? I know, I'll stick it in my sneaker. <laughs> no one will think to look there. You get the idea, right? No one's gonna find something valuable in a smelly sock. Same thing, Paul says, with a jar of clay. As Christians, we have this, this precious treasure from God hiding inside of us. So what is this treasure he's talking about? Look at verse 10. He gets real specific. He says, we always carry around in our body the what? The death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. In other words, he's saying in our brokenness, the very life and power of God is hidden inside us. It is available through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the, the good news of Christmas. Think about it. The reason we're celebrating is that God decided to take all of his eternal power and pour it into a helpless, tiny baby. God took his most precious treasure, his son Jesus, and he cloaks him in, in an earth suit of a, a frail human child. And, and now he says, you have the life of Christ in you. In ordinary, broken people, common crack pots. Yeah, that's right. If you're a Christian, you have the power and presence of the risen Christ, the very life of God 
inside of you. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Which, let's be honest, it seems counterintuitive, right? Like, wait, why would God pour the power and presence of Jesus into a container that's so easily cracked and broken? And Paul says, well, there's two reasons. The first is this. Broken can be beautiful. Did you know that? Of course you don't. You're American. <laughs> I mean, America, when something gets broken, this is it, right? We're like, oh, back to Amazon, throw it away, buy a new one. I mean, that's ugly. You, you can't use this anymore. Just toss it. But let me tell you something. In the East, in Asian cultures, there's a whole different perspective on brokenness, especially when it comes to broken pottery like this. There's an ancient art form known as kintsugi. It's Japanese. Can you say that? It's pronounced kintsugi. Can you say that? One, two, three. Ready? Kintsugi. Have you heard of it? It's actually quite beautiful. Kintsugi in Japanese, it means golden joinery. And it's the ancient art of repairing broken pottery like this with gold. See, when a ceramic bowl or a, a pot gets broken, rather than throw it out, a master craftsman takes the broken shards and watch this. Stitches them back together using lacquer dusted with 24 karat gold so that the bowl is restored and actually looks like it has golden scars. Now the goal of Kintsugi isn't to hide imperfections or scars. It's to just create this one-of-a-kind work of art that's even more beautiful than the original. Let me show you a Kintsugi craftsman at work. Check this out. This is pretty amazing. Kintsugi as an art form began in the 1400s when the emperor of Japan actually shattered his favorite teacup. So he sent the cup to China, but it came back with crude staples. It looked ugly. And so the emperor asked Japanese artisans to mend the cup aesthetically. And master craftsmen divided a method, fusing the shards with lacquer and 24 karat gold. And the process is painstaking. The craftsmen first mix the mortar. They've got to smooth the edges, and then they begin joining the broken shards together into an elegant design. And then he uses paint and powdered gold to repair the pottery, painstakingly repairing each piece. It takes over a month to restore its beauty. See, Kintsugi sees beauty in imperfection. The cracks become like golden scars, not something to hide or throw away. And it's the opposite of how we think in the West. In the West, we value perfection, right? We try to hide any trace of brokenness or imperfection. But Kintsugi takes what's broken and creates this stunning, priceless work of art out of it. Think about it. Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, it strikes me that God is the master of Kintsugi. I mean, think about it. He, he knows your brokenness, and yet he doesn't reject or discard you, where all we see is just this, this, this heap of, of broken pieces and shards in our lives, God sees potential and the possibility of creating something beautiful and brand new. Friends, I came here to tell you that God doesn't want you to hide your brokenness. He sent Jesus to heal you in such a way that while the, the cracks and the scars are still visible, they're not ugly or shameful anymore. Jesus actually puts us back together in a way that displays his glory because it's in the golden scars and the cracks that we see evidence of God's power to heal, redeem, and restore. Amen? I'm just telling you, man, broken can be beautiful. I know some of you are cynical. You're like, 
I don't know, Tim. I mean, it sounds nice, but I'm from New Jersey. Too good to be true? <laughs> Let me tell you what. This week on Facebook, I asked you to help me write this Christmas sermon. I actually posted a photo of Kintsugi sculptures. And I asked you this question. I said, what's something broken in your life that over time God helped mend into something beautiful? And can I tell you, whew, your responses blew me away. And Katie wrote this. She said, for me, 2020 has been just a crazy year. Once the month of June hit, I started facing medical issues. And I didn't know what I'd be facing when I entered the hospital that month. When I started pulling out clumps of my hair in July and eventually lost all my hair, I became super broken. I isolated myself and hid my feelings from people who truly cared about me. My health continued to decline and eventually I had to go back to college, which is out of state. I kept thinking to myself, why is this happening? I sat and thought about this in my quiet time and realized that I'm going through this, watch this, so I can help others going through the same thing or something similar. Today, I still struggle with my health, but now I'm sharing my story and my testimony of how God is here with me all the time through all these struggles, and I am not alone. This tough season of mine is creating a better relationship with God and to me. That's what's beautiful about all of this. I, I told you, broken can be beautiful. I call Katie a Kintsugi Christian. God is using your life in an amazing way, Katie. In the middle of a broken year, she's trusting that God can take these broken pieces and create a beautiful work of art, like a master Kintsugi craftsman. You know, I came across this collection of Kintsugi sculpture by the artist Billy Bond. She's amazing. Her work is breathtaking. She creates these sculptures and molds of real-life people who've gone through trauma. Some of them have bodies broken by accidents, minds broken by mental illness. Some suffer psychological trauma. And what she does is she takes the molds of their faces and allows them to break. Their faces literally shatter. But inspired by Kintsugi tradition, she mends them back together with gold. I think you'd agree. Broken, the hand of a master craftsman can be beautiful. My friend Cameron wrote this. He said, infertility. When you ask a doctor to shoot straight with you and your wife after years of treatments, and he says you have a 1% chance of ever having kids, your heart doesn't sink. It shatters. So when God blessed us with two boys in two years, he didn't just mend us. He used our wounds to deepen our love and appreciation for our family. I'm not ashamed to admit that I cry at least once a week as I pray over and praise God for our boys. Guys, that's what it looks like to be a Kintsugi Christian. I mean, you may feel broken today, but you're a treasure. God has something beautiful planned if you will actually trust him. I mean, maybe this year, it's 2020, some dream in your life was shattered this year. Maybe a relationship was broken or your business went bankrupt. You can't, you can't see the way forward. But God says, oh man, I'm getting ready to do some of my best work right here. I am about to pour my glory through something beautiful, that broken life. And so when people look at you in 2021, you can just say, oh, let me tell you something. I'm just a jar of clay, but look at this. You see the gold scars? Jesus in me is the treasure. And his glory is leaking out of my life. I mean, look at that. Isn't Kintsugi beautiful? Guys, when life gets broken and you see people putting the pieces back together, 
people like, where do they get the strength to say that? Look what Paul says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this what? What's it say, church? All surpassing power is from God and not from us. And then he says this, we're hard pressed on every side, but what? We're not crushed. We're perplexed, we're confused, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, we feel attacked, but we're not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I feel like that verse sums up 2020, I mean. <laughs> How many of you would agree with Paul and say, yeah, man, <laughs> I've been hard pressed on every side this year. I mean, we could say Paul was stressed out, but he wasn't crushed. He says, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. Perplexed means you're confused. Like, God, why would you let this happen? When life breaks, we're bewildered. Like, why, what, what do I do next? Why is this happening to me or someone I love? Paul was perplexed, but he didn't give up. He says, I've been persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. See, Paul was personally attacked everywhere he went. Did you know that? That's why he's writing this letter. He was attacked by fellow Jews, by Romans, by false teachers. Even jealous Christians criticized Paul everywhere he went. Anybody here get personally attacked this year? Maybe on social media, maybe a, a friend or, or at work, your boss, a coworker, maybe somebody at school or the court system. Paul brags, he says, man, I'm struck down, but I ain't destroyed. Literally and emotionally, Paul was knocked down over and over and over again. You, maybe you know how that feels. In 2020, maybe you just had a set, one setback after another, right? There was like, there's like there's financial troubles, and then you had health problems, and then so-and-so lost their job, and now there's family strife. And Paul's like, man, I got you. Stressed out, check. Mixed up, check. Beaten down, knocked over. But Paul was not knocked out. Because of the treasure inside of him, Christ, the spirit of Jesus, he said, I always get back up again. It's like that song. You remember that? I get knocked down, but I get up again. And I'm not going to do that to you. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> See, it's when the world does its worst to you and Christians are still standing. I'm still standing. <laughs> not because not of who you are. Guys, we're just a bunch of cracked pots, but it's the life-giving power of Jesus Christ within us. Amen? Give God a praise. We're going to take a praise break. Kintsugi Christians are beautifully broken. And Paul's just reminding us, God never promised his children immunity from the hurts and hardship of life. You know, something that annoys me is you watch TV preachers and you think that God just guarantees Riches and success and health 24-7. But the truth is this. If anything, following Christ makes things more complicated. It actually leaves us more vulnerable to heartache. Listen carefully to me. The proof of God's presence in your life isn't that you escape hardship. It's that you endure it. So if you're here at Christmas and, and you may be dressed up, or you're, you know, but you're feeling hard-pressed picked on, it doesn't necessarily mean you've done anything wrong. In fact, it may mean you're right where you're supposed to be. See, in a broken year like 2020, every time we get knocked down and we get back up, we show the world, I got something beautiful. I got something priceless inside of me. The life of Jesus Christ pulsing through my very spirit. And as long as that's true, we are unbreakable. We're Kintsugi Christians. Turn to your neighbor, whoever's with you in the room, say, I'm a Kintsugi Christian. I may be broken, but man, I look good. <laughs> I'm beautiful <laughs> in Christ. You know, I remember a wedding that I officiated for a couple 
who'd been previously married to each other, and uh, they got divorced, very messy divorce. But in the years after, they actually separately came to faith in Christ. And through God's love and forgiveness in their own lives, the Holy Spirit miraculously gave them the power to forgive and restored their broken relationship. And so they were remarrying. And I'm standing there at the altar, and, you know, I'm looking at the bride, and she's crying, and he's crying, and now, like, I'm crying, <laughs> you know? Because there was something, like, so powerful about their history of brokenness. These weren't, like, you know, two virgins who lived a perfect life first time around. All the hardship they'd been through that made that moment even more sacred and beautiful than the first time around. I'm just telling you, man. Kintsugi Christians are beautifully broken people. Understand they're not perfect. But we're full of faith and trust that what God, we trust what God's doing. And, and here's the thing, guys. It doesn't mean every situation on earth will be restored. I mean, let's be real. Some marriages don't mend. Some people never break free from addiction. There's times when the loss remains and the healing doesn't come this side of heaven. You know, Paul prayed three times to remove his thorn Something that was really bothering him, and God said no. But here's the second truth Paul says. Your broken story can bring God glory. Because God's glory leaks out through the broken places in your life. You know, you go through life sometimes, you meet people, and you say, man, I don't know what it is with him. Like outside, he doesn't look so special, but there's just something different about him. Because people see the light of Christ coming through your cracks. Look what Paul writes. He says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, that's the cross, so that the life of Jesus, that's the resurrection, may also be what? What? Revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Did you catch that? His life revealed in your body. Think of it this way. When you're weak, you leak. <laughs> When you're weak in the broken, stressed out, cracked places, that's when the glory of God leaks out the most. You know what that looks like in real life? When a Christian loses his job in a bad economy, but instead of cursing or blaming anybody, with trust and perseverance they respond. It's the life of Christ leaking out through his cracks. It's when a Christ follower finds herself flat on her back in a hospital bed uncomfortable, uncertain about the future, and yet she blesses those around her with grace and faith. That's the life of Christ leaking through her cracks. Even at a funeral, I, I, people go to a Christian funeral and they say, I don't get you guys. It's supposed to be like sad and you're all like singing and celebrating. It's because Christians are celebrating a believer's life and, and the joy of heaven that's no longer a promise, it's reality. And all of a sudden the glory of God fills that dark room and lights it up with his hope and love. But your broken story can bring God glory. I'm, I'm just telling you. And I know. Let me just tell you. I know. I know. Can I tell you something personal? 2020, whoo, man, kicked my butt. 2020 was a broken year for me. Hardest year of my life in so many areas. I have felt physically broken this year. Emotionally broken by some pressures in the ministry, stresses in our family. I've had relationships break down. My, my heart's been broken by traumatic events in the life of some very special friends I love. Brokenness has been the story of my life in 2020. It's like, do you remember last New Year's? 
we were, everybody was like so excited. It's like God flipped the switch on a new decade. Woo, it's 2020. That's how it's gone. That's how it's gone for me. But let me tell you something crazy. In spite of being broken, God has never stopped using me. In fact, it, it, it's weird. It's like the more broken I get, the more God says, oh good, now I can show off my glory because there's less of Tim and I can pour my power through the broken places in his life. So I want to challenge you, Christian, just because you feel broken this Christmas, stressed out, exhausted, it doesn't mean God can't use you because your broken story can bring him maximum glory. Amen? Listen to what Gary wrote. Gary wrote, definitely my mental health. He said, I have severe ongoing depression and anxiety. Something I thought would only last for a season many years ago has become a lifelong illness for me. In the beginning, I expected God to take it away and have wrestled with him many times over. Now I look back and see how consistently I need to seek his presence every day to manage it. It's created a strong, intimate bond between me and my God that, listen, I probably would not have had if I hadn't needed him as desperately as I do. It has also created a vulnerable and sympathetic heart for me to connect with others in spreading the love of God. Truth is, I learned that I would rather struggle with my mental health but be intimately close to God than not have it resulting in possible longer dry seasons without him. Gary, your story reveals God's glory. Amen? Guys, that's real spiritual maturity. You catch that? He's thanking God for dry seasons in his life. See, when we suffer, and all Christians suffer at some point, it's often when we're broken most by life that you sense God's presence most powerfully. Listen to what Psalm 34 says. In fact, let's read this out loud. Ready? Big, loud voice, church. Here we go. The Lord is close to the successful. No, wait, wait. Sorry, my bad. Try again. The Lord is close to the rich. No. Uh, the Lord is close to those who have it all together. <laughs> no. Let's, what's it say? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's our story. That's our Christ. God is never closer to you than when life gets shattered. Your heart gets broken. And that's the moment God draws close in Christ. And Jesus picks up the broken pieces. And he holds you close to his heart. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. See, there's a hidden blessing in brokenness. It's actually only when life gets all comfy and cushy that we lose that sense of God's presence and our desperate need for him. But broken hearts lean into Christ and he holds us extra close to his. So are you a cracked pot this Christmas? Can I ask? Are you like Paul? Stressed out, beat up, knocked down, exhausted? Good news. You are in a perfect position to be used by God. You got to let him use you. Guys, <clears throat> my wife Colleen and I, we got this set of wedding china at home. Very fragile. People gave it to us for our wedding. But you know what, at a wedding, they give you like a place setting. And it's this beautiful set. And for 20 years, it has sat safely behind glass in our dining room. <laughs> Anybody have that? Because we can't use it. Literally, it's so delicate, it can't go in the dishwasher. 
and we're too lazy to hand wash it. Sorry, I'm too lazy to hand wash it. So it just sits like in the brake front, you know, collecting dust. It's basically useless for everyday life. Can I just say, God ain't looking for wedding China Christians. He is looking for rough and tumble jars of clay, the kind that can be used every day. Clay pots that can go out into our, our crash and bang world. And even if they're broken, it's okay because they still carry the life of Christ within them. Amen? God's looking for cracked pots. Any cracked pots here? Last story to close. Caitlin wrote on Instagram, she said, I've lived with chronic incurable illnesses for the last 13 years. I'm in pain 24-7. And often have to miss out on things as a result. For most of my life, I felt isolated from people my age as they got to experience their golden years and I was spending mine in doctor's offices and in bed. When I started my walk with the Lord, I realized the thing that made me most like Jesus, listen to this, was my heart for the broken in spirit. I can feel for others in pain, empathize with those who feel left out or forgotten. And now I see my pain as an opportunity to experience God's great strength and loving embrace. Listen, The most broken parts of me are the parts God has used the most in my life. And I wear them as a badge of honor. Did you catch that, Christian? Caitlin says her pain has a purpose in God's plan. She said, I realize the thing that makes me most like Jesus is my heart for the broken in spirit. She said she can feel for others in pain and empathize with those who feel forgotten. Her scars are like gold badges of honor. Now, we don't know all the reasons behind sufferings, but she's on to one of them. You know what 2 Corinthians says earlier? Paul says this. He says, God comforts us in all our troubles so that, here's the purpose, let's read it, we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Translation, God can give purpose to your pain. And this Christmas, he wants to comfort you so you can comfort others in what they're going through. So yeah, you've been through a bankruptcy, you can comfort others in financial distress. Maybe addiction has impacted your family. That means you are in perfect position. You can encourage those who are just starting their journey to sobriety. Paul says, we've got this treasure from God in jars of clay. And as the love of Christ leaks out through the cracks of your broken life, you are a treasure. You're a treasure, Caitlin. So on Christmas Eve, can I just, I don't know, I want to give a gift to those of you who feel broken by 2020. God says, I want to use your life this year if you'll let me. That's why I made you like a clay pot, not wedding china. So can I invite you, church? Stop trying to hide your brokenness. Instead, I want you to get on your knees and take all your broken pieces and hand them to God and see what beauty he can create. At Christmas, Paul's just reminding us, he's saying, don't forget, we're clay pots. Jesus is the real treasure, amen? Friends, don't forget, we are Kintsugi Christians and we worship a Kintsugi Christ. At Christmas, we celebrate a broken Savior who left 
the safety and sanctity of heaven to enter our broken world, tiny and frail, in the form of a fragile baby boy. Think about that. The eternal God put on an earth suit and became one of us for 33 years. And on the cross, Jesus Christ was not just hard-pressed, stressed out. He was crushed. He was persecuted. He was abandoned. Listen to me. Christ's body was broken for you, and he bled on that cross. And his blood was shed for you for one reason, so you could be forgiven of your sins and redeemed. Your life put back together piece by piece. Your relationship with God whole and healed and restored. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Christmas. And so we thought, what better way to close out 2020 than by taking communion together as a church family? You know, Jesus said to his followers, he said, whenever you, you get together and you eat and you celebrate, he said, I want you to take ordinary bread, which symbolizes my body. And he says, my body, which is what? What's the word? Broken for you. So I want you to get ready to receive communion wherever you are. If you're watching at home, you can get a simple cracker and juice or whatever you have on hand. We've given you cups if you're at our live campuses. But I want you to think about what we're about to do. We're about to receive the gift of God, the broken body and the blood of Christ into ourselves. We have this treasure in jars of clay. So before we do that, let's just hold up our cup. Wherever you are, just hold it up. I propose a toast to a Kintsugi Christmas. I want to read 2 Corinthians out loud together, right where you are. Would you just read it right now? But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. Watch this. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer and then we'll partake together. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, so many of us right now just connect to your word and what you're describing. And after a year like this, we just connect to the brokenness. And so I'm praying right now, Father, for hearts that are broken. I'm praying for bodies that are broken and need healing. Families that are broken need restoration. Marriages that are broken need resurrection. I pray for every broken jar of clay, Jesus. Come save us. Come mend us. Be close to the brokenhearted in this moment. Would you let us sense your presence and your power deep inside of us, rekindling hope in broken hearts. Would you remind every person who's hurting right now that they are a treasure to you. They carry the treasure of God, the death and life of Jesus on the inside. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken for us, your blood shed on the cross. Forgive us for our sins. Restore us on the inside. With all heads bowed, just take a moment to ask Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Forgive your sin. Flood the cracks of your life with his golden, overwhelming love. And if you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, what a moment to do that on Christmas Eve. You can just pray these words. Just, just pray, Jesus, on Christmas Eve, I give you my life, my broken heart, 
put my faith in your death and your resurrection. Come heal my heart. Forgive my sin. Here's my life. I want my story to bring you glory. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a follower of Christ, you can receive the body followed by the blood of your Savior. And may I wish you all a very Kintsugi Christmas. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.